Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Let me get the right page. Here we go. So I don't know how many of you make a, a habit of uh, reading the Torah portion each week, but I would, I certainly recommend it. In fact, I've started to uh, study each parsha with uh, on this online group that's uh, pretty interesting, actually. This week's Torah portion, there's a long and varied list of mitzvot. Now, according to Jewish tradition, there are 613 specific mitzvahs. Either do this or don't do that sort of things. In this one parsha, 74 mitzvot are listed in just this one parsha. It's one of the longer ones. And they describe all kinds of mitzvahs. Uh, Michael explained a little bit of it. Of course, uh, if you look through them logically, you'll find a reason for just about every single one of them, even if uh, we don't quite know the reason, like not mixing two garments. But I have an explanation for the seeds. (laughs) I do have an explanation for the seeds. It makes perfect sense, actually. And uh, after all, if you're planting a vineyard, you don't need corn in the middle of your vineyard field, do you? Um, Anyway, They don't seem to make sense necessarily in the order in which they're given, right? You know, they just sort of randomly listed if you go through it. And so what's the point? You know, what's the point of listing them that way? Wouldn't it be better if you took all of the, uh, you know, civil crimes or civil things and listed them on one side, the ethical things on another side, you know, financial things on yet another, and so on. That would seem to make some kind of sense. But they're not. I mean, they're all mixed together. So what's it all about? Well, there's, uh, according to Rashi, there's an underlying principle in the listing of the mitzvot in this way. And it's, uh, in Hebrew, it's she mitzvah goreret mitzvah, which means one mitzvah leads to another. In other words, if we start doing the mitzvah, a mitzvah, then it will lead to the doing of more mitzvot and more mitzvot until we fulfilled the, the, the Torah. At least that's the principle behind it. So that what can we do as we begin? Now I want to think about this in terms of the time that we're in, which is the month of Elul, and we're preparing for the new year. Now, normally the month of Elul is a, very, a time of reflection, and we're going to repent, and we're going to seek out those whom we have offended and try to make amends with them, things of that nature. Give more tzedakah, for instance, is another way, to give more charity and so on. All of these things are things we do during the month of Elul in preparation for the new year. But I'd like to think about it in terms of us as a community. How... She mitzvah goreret mitzvah. One good deed can lead to another. As we relate to one another in a communal setting. So I'd like to take a look at a a scripture from the book of Philippians, actually. From uh, chapter 2, specifically. We're going to look at a couple of verses together. 
and think about these things in terms of our own lives. What does it take to really repent? To really be the kind of people that we all aspire, at least I hope, at least I hope we aspire to be. What makes us good believers, good Jews, good uh, citizens of the kingdom of heaven? So I want you to, if you, have a, if you have a Bible, you can take a look. If not, you can look up on the screen. I'll, I'll flash it up for you with the portions that I'm looking at. But chapter 2 is a very important chapter for me uh, in the formation of believing life. It says in verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship in the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent, in one purpose. So the first thing that has to happen if we're going to be people, a community of encouragement, people who are going to encourage each other to be better people, is that we have to have one mind. There has to be one purpose for us as a community, and I like to talk about that as, in terms of our Messianic Jewish community. God formed this movement long ago, not so long ago actually, in order to reach his people Israel for the sake of the good news in this age. As we wind down toward the end of the age, there must be a faithful testimony of Israel in the midst of God's people and in the body of Messiah. This is the goal of this congregation. If we are not of this same mind, then all we do is disrupt it. This has to be everybody's goal, whether you're a Jew or not. So you have to ask yourself the question, what do I do to promote that very thing? What is my role in doing that? Am I here to be of that same mind of the people involved? He also goes on to tell us that we, um, we must be sharing the same love. That Messiah Yeshua brought the love of God into the world in a new and marvelous way. And this is the kind of love that we need to have. And as Paul mentioned in his study this morning, I was there listening, he mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where there the Apostle Paul gives us a clear and unambiguous definition of what love is. Love is not self-seeking. It seeks the love. It seeks the good of the other, which takes us back to one mind. That we are not here for ourselves, but we are here for the purpose of God, and how we might be fulfilling it. That's the kind of love that we need to have, every one of us. A kind of unselfish love, self, the willingness of self-sacrifice, of leaving ourselves behind, even if that is necessary, in order for the sake of God's purpose in this place. He goes on to say, we have to be intent 
on the one purpose. Intent, having the same spirit. That spirit that dwells up within us, that has Ahavas Yisrael, the love of the Jewish people at its heart. Without that, we can never share the same mind. He goes on to say, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. No, you are not the most important person here. Neither am I. All of us serve the purpose of God. That's our goal, and if we're not doing that, then we, we're falling short. We need to examine that we're not here for some personal interest that satisfies our own soul, but may not be in accordance with the mind of God. He goes on to say, do not look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. So we have to be united in the same mind, thinking of the same goal, working toward it in love, being willing to pour ourselves out and sacrifice for the sake of that goal. One mitzvah leads to another as we do these things. God will have his blessing for each of us if we fulfill his purpose in what he is doing. So the second thing is that we need to have the heart of Messiah. Because, you know, I just gave you a whole list of mitzvot to do, things to do, to love and to be unselfish and to do, uh, be of the same mind, which may mean that some of your own ideas have to take sec- uh, back seat. All of that stuff. How do I do that? Because you know what? That is not a human being's natural inclination, not normally. Normally, we are very self-seeking. Normally, we are very uh, self-preserving, self-protective. We all have our own interests, and we know what we're doing, and we guard them. So how can I do this? How is it possible? The only way is with the heart of Messiah Yeshua. In that portion, he says, he goes on to say in verse 5 and following, he says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in the Messiah, Yeshua, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with with God a thing to be grasped. He did not hold on to his identity the way he understood it from time immemorial. It says, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He was willing to give up a part of himself. This is hard to do. All of us come to this situation, this, this, uh, these circumstances, with our own sense of what God is doing. As I was kvetching this morning, again in Paul's study, Uh, The truth has been democratized. Everybody knows the truth for themselves. After all, if you need to know what you need to get a fact, you can always Google it, right? If you have to have an opinion, you can always find some schmeckle out there who's got an opinion for you. 
For those uh, uh, who might listen to this on the internet uh, later on, and you know what that word means, forgive me. But I am really, it's one of those things that really is getting uh, more and more difficult for me to get my head around. That everybody thinks they know the truth. Everybody thinks they can, they understand it better than those of us who have committed our entire lives to trying to understand it. And what the community of faith has understood for centuries upon century. They know it all. That is not humility. Because that's what it took. That's what it takes. It takes a humble heart. Someone who is willing to take the lower place. And we see that's what it takes. Messiah Yeshua became a servant. The creator of the universe humbled himself to become like one of us. Because it served our purpose not his. And that's the example that we have to follow. That we are willing to stand down. To say, this is not my thing. This is what God is making it. Or God wants it to be. So they understand the vision that we have. You know, Messiah Yeshua did not spare himself any of our miseries. He embraced loneliness and heartache and tragedy and pain, all of those things. All of what it means to be a human being. He did that for our sake. So if he was willing to do that for us, how much more so should we be willing to do it for one another? And that may mean giving up something of yourself away. Because there is no other way to accomplish the goal. The goal of life in God's kingdom is a goal where we all seek the interest of the other. And not our own. You know, there is one mitzvah that, that's illustrative of this uh, to my, in my... In my uh, that's in, in the, uh, this week's Torah portion. And it's, it's a seemingly, you know, it seems like a really like ordinary kind of thing. It says, but you shall not have two kinds of uh, measures. You shall not have two kinds of stones to measure things. So imagine you had two rocks. And they were both the same size. Okay? So they look quite similar. And supposedly, they weigh the same, but they don't. Rock A is much heavier than rock B. So, when you go to sell stuff, right, you say to the guy, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to measure out some of this stuff. So, I'm gonna, so he takes the lighter rock, which is supposed to weigh five pounds, but doesn't really. And he gives the man that portion of the goods. Maybe it's grain or something. You see how he makes out? He doesn't give him five pounds, but it looks like five pounds because the stone weighs five pounds. Right? But when he buys, 
he takes the heavier stone. He says, give me five pounds of grain. And now he gets, maybe it's not five pounds, maybe it's seven pounds of grain. You see, that's looking out for your own interest. So the Torah says you shall not have such a thing. Everything has to be right. Do the right thing because it's not about how you can get a, gain an advantage over another. It's how you can stoop to help your brother. Stooping to help. That's what Messiah Yeshua did. He stooped all the way down low to his very knees to help mankind. And that is that is the reason for doing it because he did it. It says, it goes on to say, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. All the way. Yeshua goes all the way. Are we willing to go all the way with him and with each other? For the sake of God's purpose. What is that purpose then? This last one. We do it for the sake of heaven. So in that portion it says, uh, verse 12, so then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Yes, yes. She mitzvah, goreret mitzvah. One mitzvah leads to another. If we have this attitude in us, in us, if we have one purpose, one mind, we have the heart of Messiah Yeshua, we can fulfill the goal of the sake of heaven, for the sake of heaven. That's the only way we can do it. He tells us that we have to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. You know, we've been sold a bill of goods for 2,000 years that all you have to do is believe in Yeshua. I heard it again this week from somebody, people who teach others. Believe in Yeshua. Okay, yeah, you have to believe in Yeshua. I get that. Believe me, I get it. And I wish it was as simple as that, but it is not. It is not. Sorry. You know, it tells us in the book of James that demons believe that he's the Messiah and tremble. Believing in him doesn't mean... Not anything to them. That's not it. Clearly that's not it. It begins there because without that, the rest of what we do would mean nothing. 
But let's not kid ourselves that we're not supposed to do all these other things that God has asked us to do. So we might reflect the truth about who God is and the power of God in us. So we have to really embrace what it means to be a disciple of Messiah Yeshua. If I could have one wish for all of you, I would, I would wish this much, this much. That in this coming year, you should become a greater disciple of Messiah Yeshua. That's what I want. To know more about what it means to be a disciple of Messiah in every respect. That will do more, more for you than anything could ever do. So he tells us, do it all without grumbling so that you'll prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among, you appear, among how you appear as light in the world. There was this, uh, an ancient belief in uh, mystical belief. This comes from mystical tradition in which uh, when, when the universe was created, the lower parts of the creation shattered. Uh, among those of Malchut. Malchut is this world, actually. I don't want to get into all of Kabbalistic thinking, but just to understand the idea that it, the world shattered and there are shards of sparks, uh, sparks of uh, creation floating around in space. And whenever one does a mitzvah, it gathers up some of those sparks. So that when all of the sparks are gathered together again, then Malchut will be complete, then the creation will be complete, and then we can enter the Messianic age and into the world to come. This is why, for some people, you ever notice why uh, our friends from Chabad will sometimes stop you on the street and say, are you Jewish? Oh, yeah, I'm Jewish. Okay, well, let's tie tefillin together. Because just doing that one mitzvah, whether you believe in anything that's going on or not, has an efficacy of its own to affect the world. Well, they may not be quite right about that. But I do know that she mitzvah, koreret mitzvah. That one mitzvah will lead to another if we allow these things to overcome our lives. And I think that if we could all do all of these things, fulfill all of these things together, it would hasten the coming of the Messiah. This is what Peter, the Apostle Peter, tells us in his letter, the second, the second letter. It says, by what we do, we hasten the coming of the Messiah. We have that opportunity to hasten the coming of the Messiah and to be the light in the world that we were meant to be. You know, I have a faith, I have a belief in the, in the work of the Messianic Jewish movement to bring together the shards of God's people, both Israel and those from the nations who worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through our testimony of the love of God, of the love of Messiah. So this is a little, as we prepare for the new year, let's all be people of the same mind who share the heart of Messiah for the sake of heaven. 
Oh Lord our God, we pray that we might be this very thing. A community of encouragement that brings encouragement not only to one another, but to the world around us. And that through it all, we will hasten the coming of our King. Bless us now, we pray in his name.